Good morning, Oregon. It's Thursday, March 24th. This is Catalina Gaitan with a news briefing from The Oregonian and Oregon Live. Benjamin Jeffrey Smith, the man accused in last month's deadly mass shooting near Normandale Park, was transferred to jail from a Portland hospital on Wednesday afternoon and is set to be arraigned today on a nine-count indictment. Smith, who is 43 years old, faces charges of second-degree murder with a firearm in the February 19th shooting of June Brandy Knightley, a 60-year-old volunteer with a traffic crew for a protest and march. According to an arrest warrant affidavit, Smith walked up to protesters at the park and demanded they leave. He eventually drew a handgun and fired, striking five people. Knightley died and four others were wounded, including one person who was shot in the neck and paralyzed, and another who was shot multiple times, including in the abdomen. Another man is believed to have fired back at Smith, striking him in the hip. Smith underwent surgery at OHSU Hospital before getting transferred and booked into the Multnomah County Detention Center in downtown Portland. Smith is also charged with four counts of attempted first-degree murder, three counts of first-degree assault, and one count of second-degree assault. Portland General Electric will pay $6.75 million to settle a shareholder lawsuit that was filed after energy traders placed big bets in the wholesale electricity market during the summer of 2020 and suffered $127 million in losses, undermining the utility's earnings and stock price. The lawsuit alleged that PGE's chief executive officer, Maria Pope, and its chief financial officer, Jim Lobdell, made false and misleading statements to shareholders about its energy trading practices. Both the executives had repeatedly signed off on statements that the company's trading was limited to activities to balance its supply of power, and that it did not engage in speculative trading for profit. A Multnomah Education Service District worker inflicted illegal corporal punishment by picking up and throwing a Portland third grader with disabilities across a seclusion room, according to a lawsuit filed by the boy's mother. Tyria Jones's nine-year-old son, who has autism, had attended Four Creek School for five days when the incident occurred in September, the complaint states. Jones's son suffered bruises to his legs, and the lawsuit seeks $700,000 in damages for physical injuries to the boy and emotional harm to the mother and son. The district initially said Jones's son had been placed in restraints and separated from his class for climbing on top of a bookshelf and kicking and spitting at staff, according to the complaint. When Jones asked to see the surveillance video, however, it showed a school worker grabbing her son after he tried to open a locked door. The worker hauled the third grader down the hall and pushed him into a seclusion room, but the boy stuck his foot in the door, and the worker picked him up and threw him across the room, causing him to strike his head, the lawsuit alleges. Laura Conroy, a spokesperson for the Multnomah Education Service District, called the allegations deeply concerning, but declined to comment on pending litigation. The Omicron subvariant fueling COVID-19 surges in Europe has been found in the wastewater of at least four Oregon communities. According to Oregon State University analyses of wastewater collected as part of a statewide early warning system, Oregon health officials hired Oregon State University to analyze wastewater samples for more than 40 wastewater plants statewide, providing officials with measures of how much virus is in a community and the particular variants of the virus that are most common. According to Dr. Melissa Sutton, the Oregon Health Authority's Medical Director for Respiratory Viral Diseases, who is working with OSU analysts, the nearly three-week-old OSU results didn't show that the BA2 variant, which is substantially more transmissible than the Omicron variant, is prevalent in Oregon. 
But that could change, given that Oregon's pandemic trends have generally lagged behind the rest of the country by several weeks, Sutton said. Estimates show that more than a third of last week's COVID-19 cases in the U.S. were the BA2 subvariant, according to U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. In the region that includes Oregon, nearly 4 in 10 cases were likely of the BA2 variant. Thanks for listening. You can support our local journalism by subscribing to Oregon Live. Go to OregonLive.com slash pod support.